Um, oh. I, okay, so what we decided we were going to do tonight, uh, now that I have my voice back, <laughs> we were going to recap uh, a lot of the points that we hit last time on the on the LANAV special and uh, kind of reassess those and then see if we stumble on anything new and then also answer questions that people have. So uh, for you guys who don't know, uh, we have the LANAV page up at trainlikearanger.com. It's under the content and podcast uh, tab. There will be a drop down um, menus and you'll see the LANAV page. Uh, in there, we have lessons broken down in sections. And then uh, also, uh, that'll be a good, if you guys are brand new to LANAV, that'll be good because it, it goes through all of it, um, all, of, uh, all of the important stuff, the basics. And then there's a LANAV simulator. And then also, we have the lives here that we are going to uh, throw up and uh on that page as well so so that we kind of hit some of the other stuff like tips and stuff so um so yeah jake um i guess where do you want to start um where do you want to start i feel like you have a much better idea of what's happening here i'm all thrown off i'm trying to try to turn to recoup dude instagram threw us way off yeah that was Um, not ideal yeah, and it's all James' fault, for the record. Uh, you guys saw it. I'm blaming so, Instagram. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but uh, so we talked about uh, on the last live when I sounded like an absolute robot. I was sick as a dog dude, for like 10 days. Uh, I, by the way, I wanted to fall out like halfway through that live. I was, like, I was trying to breathe, dude. I was like, this this was a mistake. I made um, a mistake. <laughs> it was great, though. Um, but uh, yeah, we hit a bunch of good points. And we talked about um, we talked about expectations for LANAV, like um, like kind of what it's going to be like, and then also tips to make things um, easier and more streamlined for you guys. One of the big things that that James hit is cutting down your dead reckon time. Right, they're going to give you these points, and you're going to plot them on a map. And what you want to avoid is walking on an azimuth for you know, we talked about how far some of those points are. Um, sometimes what they're, what, 20, 2,500 meters sometimes. Um, they can be pretty spaced out. You definitely don't want to be dead reckoning for that distance uh, through woods. So whenever you have a course that has road systems with things like intersections that are easily identifiable, um, we talked about using that. You still want to keep track of your pace count and you still want to keep track of the direction you're moving on the road. Just keep an awareness of where you're moving, but it's a great way to set up checkpoints as you're moving um, towards your points. And then at a certain point, of course, you're going to break off and, and move on an azimuth, but that was a great point trying to cut that down when you're able to. Um, and then I talked about uh, being wary of, you know, whenever you're terrain associating, say that instead of, going off a like a road intersection you want to move up to maybe there's a point where it's closer where the road intersects with a stream on the map i said you know i i put a disclaimer on that be wary whenever you're doing things like that because sometimes the streams are dried up um you know seasonal changes and things like that so um there are tricks to identify where water used to be we talked about there being more vegetation around where bodies of water um, normally are if they're dried up even still there's going to be more vegetation but be wary of that whenever you're terrain associating with things like streams and bodies of water um, just know that you know those can be affected but when it, you know 
Um, it is absolutely a time saver to terrain associate where you can and, uh, and cut down that dead reckon time. Cause we talked about how moving on an azimuth is hardly perfect, you know, and we talked about tricks to do your best to stay on an azimuth, which I'll, we'll cover in just a second, but, um, cutting that down because it's not an exact science. You know, we had a guy ask, should I use mills or degrees? Um, the answer is stick to degrees because, uh, you know, mills is the zero to 6,400 scale. It's some people think it's going to be more accurate if they use mills, but nothing's perfect whenever you're, uh, you're doing land app. So just look at degrees, right. And do your best to follow that azimuth. Um, and, uh, and I'll let you talk this point, James, cause I'm, I'm just on a big ramble, but talk about that point that you said, whenever you're, you're going to move on an azimuth, whenever you go to move on an azimuth through the woods, how do you do it? Yeah. So like you said, I mean, obviously you made good points. They were our points from the other day, but, um, yeah. so yeah, anything that's going to help you cut down your dead reckon time, because the longer you're dead reckoning, the more likely you are to screw up. Uh, so realistically, the best way for you to do it is go to a checkpoint or an intersection or what have you, and then shoot into the woods from there using your azimuth. And the best way to do that is to pull out your compass, get whatever you know direction you're going for your point, and pick a real life identifiable thing in the world that you're going to walk to. Because that way, even if you don't have, you know, exactly keep on that same line, you know, you have to get to that tree or that stump or that large rock and then reshoot your azimuth again. So you're actually just finding something along the azimuth, using that to get to that point, and then just leapfrogging from uh, object to object all the way there. And then you're never screwing up or you're never letting your pace or your gait mess up uh, how close you're going to be to the point because oh, it doesn't matter if you walk in a zigzag line. You just have to get to that object and then reshoot your azimuth from there. Yeah, and what's funny is when I was going through – so. The way that I wrote the land nav section, guys, just so you know, is I went all the way through the Army TM, made sure to hit the relevant points, and then we added in our own notes. So these are notes that me and James covered the other day and then added in some uh, some other text that, that the TM doesn't cover. And what's funny is what the training manual said is they were advising the center hold technique, you know, where you're holding the compass out here. And it was like, it was like we were talking about on the last stream. Like, you don't want to just be walking with the compass out the whole time, right? That's not... Um, I guess you can do that, but it's, it's, you're gonna, you're gonna burn time doing that, trying to walk out with that center hold technique. I've seen people do it, but the way that, uh, I used to do it. And it's funny that you did it the same way. Uh, when you said it, I was just like, Eureka, you know, cause it's, it's such a relevant technique. I can't remember if that was taught to us or if that's something we just picked up, but yeah, you, you pull the compass up, right. And you shoot it, you, you line it up with that, um, that siding wire, uh, which is like the equivalent of like a front sight post, right? You see what azimuth you're looking at. You see an object that's easily identifiable. You say that object is what I'm walking to. And then you walk towards that and you keep track of your pace count. Um, that's to me is a, is a lot more practical and more of a time saver than sitting out there with the center hold, you know, holding the compass out here and trying to walk very carefully the whole time. Yeah, because I mean, if you, you know, for example, if you didn't use any of those techniques, you'd start at your start point, you'd be dead reckoning for three kilometers with a compass out, trying to focus on your pace, your azimuth, and not screwing that up for, you know, 2,500 meters, 3,000 meters. So 
all of these things are just going to help you cut down and reduce some of the things that are going to cause you to make mistakes. Because as even if you have like a really good pace count and you have a really good gait, like over time, <clears throat> you're a human being, you're not a robot. So you're going to start drifting one way or the other and be slightly off by the time you get there, especially if you're going to dead reckon for a thousand, two thousand, three thousand meters. <clears throat> yeah. And there are going to be times where you have to uh, dead reckon for a time. And sometimes it's a, it's a decent distance. Um, so yeah, keeping that in mind, like, like you said, nothing's perfect. And then also having, um, we talked about the other day too, having uh, a technique, whenever you get to your perceived point location, have a technique to kind of assess the area without wandering off too far. We talked about the box method, right? Where you kind of clover around um, in a careful box, uh boxed um you should say box methods. one more time just one more i think i don't think five your box there. you make boxes and you do the box thing whenever you're boxing around with the with the boxes and so yeah it's a but uh uh also the t method we talked about the t method where you come up right shoot both directions come back and do that in each direction um so sometimes you're going to wander off a little bit we talked about how you know whenever you're walking on an azimuth nothing's perfect um also a good uh good points that the tm was hitting is uh factors that affect your pace count so sometimes you walk this distance right and uh and you know the pace counts can be a little bit off because of changes in terrain whenever you're doing your uh measurements on a map for distance uh the map is measuring on a on a straight line right it's not really uh, accounting for these ups and downs uh, that are there like hills and stuff. So sometimes that can add, uh, paces. So just keep that in mind. Uh, you don't have to change your math at all, but just know that sometimes you can be a little bit off. So it's good to have methods to assess the area. Um, whether it be, you know, just looking at the map and seeing what makes sense as far as again, terrain associating when, when applicable, and then also having those methods to assess the area, without deviating from where you are too much, you know, having a situational awareness of where you are as you do that. Yeah. You know, identifying backstops, being able to, um, you know, have a, a quick and efficient way to, to scope out an area. If you think that the, it's location to your point. And then obviously like you said, terrain associate, if you really look at when you like, you know, obviously plot the point, um, Ideally, you're plotting the point correctly. Uh, that's you know a big part of it. But looking at what terrain the point is in is helpful too, because sometimes you'll be in an area and you'll be like, oh, okay, well, it looks like the point is in a you know, it's there's like a lot of green here, but not a lot of green out there. So you're gonna look for a copse of trees or something like that. So keep that in mind too. You can I help you identify a terrain feature that the point should be in. So maybe you're a little to the left and you see a copse of trees and you're like, oh, okay, that it's probably that. Let me go check there. <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah. And as you guys get better with, uh, with reading the, the contours and we weren't really in depth with the contours, you can even assess like, you know, that micro terrain and, and be like, okay, uh, here's what's making sense on the ground and you'll get better as, at that as you go. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's a great point, you know, not just, uh, boxing around and stuff, like I said, but also can you identify, features in the area you know even if it is that micro terrain can you identify that 
Yeah, like, oh, is it going to be on a slope or is it at the, the yep. peak of a hill? It's things like that are just going to help you um, really narrow down your focus when you, you are finally at the location of the point and trying to to you know get to the actual post because, like I said, like it's pretty small. It's like a stop sign in the middle of the woods. You know, they're yeah. they're tough to see. Yeah, and and on the last stream I said neon, but it's not like it's just like in these difficult land nav courses. Uh, they're they're not neon like a like a pt belt glowing in the dark or whatever you know it's it's uh sometimes they're just like an orange and white sign you know like, like printed matte, on a sheet of paper painted yeah like not actually <laughs> reflective at all no <sighs> yeah so it can be tough and especially um moving at nighttime and this is um i don't know if you ever did this james but i i read this you know as i was going through the tm um something that i never really used but i know other people did is adjusting um I hope I got my terminology right, but the bezel ring to, um, you know, that, that illuminated dot that's on the compass. They were talking about how you can adjust that to a specific azimuth to move um, at nighttime. So I guess, you know, you can adjust that to a, a direction that you want to walk and then follow it that way. Yeah. Have you heard of that? Um, I didn't really do that whenever I was doing my land nav stuff. I always just kind of shot it and, uh, and, looked at my compass i could always see good enough but uh, i thought that was an interesting point like i guess when it's like pitch black some some guys are doing that and that helps well, well yeah but if you have those tritium compasses i mean you can see them pretty well yeah um, i always thought that too i i never well some people don't have good tritium compasses too so yeah. um, the ones we had were definitely good enough i thought but that yeah. was an interesting point um and then also Another good point uh, that I should have practiced more um, is using something to keep track of your paces. So uh, as you're doing your pace count, like if you're focusing on other stuff and you talked about how there's like wildlife and stuff like that, uh, you know, if you have some sort of distraction come up, right. And you're keeping track of your paces, you're at seven. So you're at 700 meters, right. You're moving on an azimuth and then, uh, a boar hops out of the, the bushes, you know, or whatever. And uh, I don't know, something happens, you get distracted, and then you're like, oh, where was I? Was I 600? Was I eight, at 800? You know, uh, having a backup plan to keep track of your paces, you know, some guys have like the the Ranger bra bracelets with the beads, and they move over every 100 meters or so. Um, yeah, yeah. you also do guys put them on their uh, chest as well, so you just have little beads, and you just pop one up or down, however you want to do it. Yeah. Um, so that's, a, that's good tip. You know, well, there's all sorts of things you can do. Make ticks in a notebook. Um, you can, uh, pebbles in a pocket. I thought that was interesting, but, uh, uh, I'd probably just do like a bracelet. Though. It's pretty easy to get beads. Yeah. I would. It's yeah. You could even make your own if you just get some 550 cord. cord and, yeah. Um, hit a, hit a, hit up a Joanne fabrics, get some yeah. beads. Dude. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> So that, that that was a good tip too. Um, I don't know. We hit a bunch of good points. So I'm trying to think what else, what other big ones we hit. Oh, we talked about obstacles. How, you know, even whenever you go to move on an azimuth, say you measured an azimuth. Um, and by the way, another point that gets hit a lot in the land of course is converting from grid to magnetic the map will tell you there will be by the declination diagram down in the bottom, there will be a note about GM uh, angle conversions, right? Um, 
so make sure that you know when there's some maps that have a big difference between uh your grid azimuth to your magnetic so make sure that you are doing those conversions because you know even one degree uh is significant in the field so even if you're like one degree off i mean you can start to veer off uh pretty decent from your point as uh, as you move along especially if you're moving um you know like like we said sometimes you do have to dead reckon for a thousand meters or something um you know you definitely want to avoid being way off and, and some of those uh changes are like 10 degrees like seriously 10 degrees of math so if you're off 10 <clears throat> degrees you can get pretty far off yeah i would just always 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 remember to look at your um your information down in in the like the footnotes of the map, the the GM angle is going to be huge, and you just need to get in the habit of always using it, even when it's not as as uh, as drastic of a difference. Um, just get into the habit of always doing it, because like I literally at some points have, I've done land app, and people were like, I didn't know that I was supposed to do that ever. <clears throat> You're like, yeah. uh oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'll throw you way off. And then also, you know, like we said, it's sometimes you want to walk in a straight path, but things are going to come up, and maybe. Um, you know, maybe there's a body of water on your path, or we just talked about just, you know, the thick brush, the thick vegetation. Sometimes you're going to reach just like this thorny wall of mess. And you're just going to be like, I don't want to walk through that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, uh, it, would you, would you call it bushwhacking? Right. Yep. Um, so, so we talked about being deliberate and we talked about this in the land of course too, being deliberate with how you skirt around things you kind of box it off right yep so you can keep pace track of the actual around. pace for the the obstacle itself yep so moving on a line you box around it and you come back to you know as if you were walking on a straight point right but on this side and then you continue so yeah being deliberate with everything that you do is very important because like he said in the last stream <clears throat> mistakes compound so you know one mistake you make here is going to add up to you know, the next mistake and the next mistake. And, and when it comes to land nav, everything is just being deliberate, being situationally aware and just being careful. Yeah. Like, like I said, like, like from the get go, like if you plot the start point wrong, like that's, that's it. You're, you're in trouble. Like every, every (laughs) step of the way for land nav is just so important. Um, And like, if you plot a little off, and then you walk a little off and then your azimuth is a little off. Like you can end up so far away from where you're originally supposed to be. So that's why trying to learn some of these tips and tricks is great so that you can reduce the amount of impact that those mistakes will have because you'll be having you know, like double checks and, um, you know, between checkpoints and backstops and like double checks and just making sure that you're trying to eliminate the mistakes as much as possible. There's only so much you can do. Like I said, you guys aren't robots. You're not using a GPS device, but eliminating them, to the best of your ability is going to help you uh, tremendously. Yep. Yeah. And, and he just hit, you know, one that, that we mentioned as well is, you know, having a backstop beyond your point is always good too. And this goes back to just always assessing where you are, you know, know when you've moved too far, you know, you, you want to know when you're getting close to your point and when you're moving too far, you know, and, and I keep using bodies of water as, as an example, but it's, it's pretty relevant when moving through the woods, right? It's a good example, um, but it, you can use other things too, other terrain features uh, to figure this out as well. But uh, this is just the easiest for the example. So say you have 
uh, again, that stream of water, you know, and then a hundred meters past that is your point somewhere in the woods. So as you hit that stream of water, right, you go, okay, I'm getting close to my point. So I need to start really paying attention to, um, you know, where my point's about to be, right? So I'm going to do my pace count and I should be seeing it. Um, and then also beyond that, say on that same azimuth and then just for example purposes this is just easier to to do um say there's a there's like a pond behind that point somewhere so say you're walking you're like man i still don't see this point and then all of a sudden you see a pond and you're like okay i've gone too far so my point is somewhere in the in between here and then you can start to assess you know start to kind of move along that area and assess where your point is but just Again, looking at this goes back to the terrain association, just always paying attention to what's around me and what can I identify. Uh, and then random recruiter says, if you know you're in the area for your point and you can't find it, just look for the worst vegetation. And that's probably where your point is. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a great point. Um, you know, oh, we also, talk 99% of the time, if you hit a road with cars or houses, you're, you're not in the right spot. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just turn around. So. Yeah. yeah, no, you definitely know uh, when you're way off. Uh, I was laughing whenever I went to WLC, and I need to clarify for everybody: this is a course that uh, everybody in the army from every unit goes to uh, to become a, a sergeant, right? <laughs> so they have checkpoint schools. So as a ranger, you're sent there with all these other people. We had a land nav course, and it was very easy, very basic. Um, so it was essentially an open field. And then you talk about neon signs. These signs were neon. You could see through the trees. I never once pulled out a compass. They gave us three hours. I finished in, in 15 minutes. Um, meanwhile, some guy, they found like a mile down the road. He's walking down the, like the main road. Okay. That's like the road that you drive on to get to the course. He's, he's walking down essentially, you know, this, uh, this highway so no no when you're way off okay i don't know what that guy was doing but uh yeah again need to clarify this is a guy from somewhere else not a ranger um but uh <laughs> you'll see some funny stuff uh anyway so where was i at? uh <laughs> what we were talking about oh land there's nav. a point there's a yeah land nav um there's a point i was gonna hit dude you said that and a lot then, uh, and then I distracted myself from it. Um, backstops, tracking where you were, dude. It, it was just here. Well, uh, all right. What do you think about it? It's, you know, we've been on 30 minutes-ish. So we can probably, I have some land nav questions in, in the okay. chat over on, okay. on my side. It'll come back to me. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll try to get to the questions and skip the funny comments as much as I want to read them. Um Dimitri says, I've been playing the land navigation simulator during school a lot, and I've gotten very every point so far. How good is it at showing your land nav skill level? I'm guessing it's good for plotting. Yeah, so Dimitri, um, that land nav simulator is really good for uh, the plotting and stuff like that. It's not as good for walking because obviously, like, you're using, you know, 
you know, forward, back, left and right. So like your person is moving in like the absolute straightest line it can because it's a, like a machine essentially. So obviously the, the pace count and stuff is those are skills to learn and the concept of it is really good there. But actually in practice, it's going to be a lot different because, you know, it's going to be real life. You're actually going to have to walk over a train and things like that. Uh, but for the plotting um, and like the route planning and stuff like that, it absolutely is is super, super useful. <clears throat> yeah, it, especially for guys who are coming in with, you know, they need to know the basics. That's a great uh, simulator to understand the basics. I got really excited when I found it um, because, again, like you said, you, yeah, you I get lost the whole gist. morning to it. No yeah. You sent it to me. I was like, dude, it's like three o'clock. I was like, I've just been playing this stupid game for so long. <laughs> it's it's pretty good. Yeah. It was, it, yeah. I was impressed. What it does is it gives you guys an idea. It goes, okay, you know, you got the course, which tells you, Hey, here's what you need to focus on. And then you go there and you get some sort of a practical application to it. Of course, whenever you go to a real course, it's always going to be different. You can, you can run simulators all, all day, but whenever you get out there and it's, um, it's, the you got the other senses involved right um you're really navigating through stuff you know you got um you got like a real feel to it it's always going to be different but it it's a great way to to get your feet in the water and go okay here's what i'm going to be expected to do Sorry, you just kind of long pause. Was, you just you just trailed off. It didn't seem like that was going to be the end of your statement. Oh and no, I was, that was it. I was looking for other questions. Um, so uh, Connor says during land nav in Rats, were you guys rucking with sixty five plus pounds or less? Um, I cannot remember. No, definitely not sixty five plus. Um, it's not gonna no. Usually, you just kind of have your your equipment and stuff. Um, you will have your rucks though. But it's not too heavy. I wouldn't stress about it too much. By that point, that ruck, you'll be you'll be used to the ruck. Yeah, That's you're gonna your be. Life. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna be fine. Um, definitely the the big emphasis is on the at least what it used to be. I always talk about how rasp is ever changing. Um, but uh, the big focus is gonna be the navigation, right? Um, it's not really gonna be as much of a. It is gonna be. Um, definitely physical activity to go out there and maneuver through all that stuff. And like you said, bushwhack sometimes and get to your points, but uh, the rock is not going to be a, a big factor. Yeah. Most of the issues for like the extracurricular activities is going to be like when you're back at coal range, like at, at like the, the base, like when you guys are in the circle, um, probably have a better name for it, but it's literally just a circle. Um, that's where you'll deal with, you know, carrying heavy things and getting you know all that stuff but when you're actually out on the course like it's it's a critical event for you guys to get those points so so they really don't mess with you guys um too too much out there as long as you guys aren't breaking the rules because it, it would be like if they came and messed with you on your five mile run essentially it, it's a critical event like it, they are literally testing your you know skill level at a thing so they're not going to mess with you too much out there and they're not going to put too much extra stuff on you um so just you're just able to focus on the land nav when you're actually out on the course yeah yeah what he said you know critical events are critical events and they're they're pretty hands-off when it comes to that stuff that's going to be a real assessment of your skills and capabilities when it comes to that stuff and then you know in between there are going to be um you know, there's going to be smoke shows and stuff like that where they're they're trying to test your mental toughness and stuff like that. So, um, and physical toughness for that matter. But uh, 
but yeah, critical events are critical events. And so when it comes to land nav, you guys are going to be truly tested on your skills in that uh, criteria. Um, Josh Nick says, this is a good question. <clears throat> Do you guys think they teach land nav well enough at RASP? Uh, uh, go ahead. Wow, I'll dude. let you answer first. Wow. Um, unacceptable. So, uh, Josh, I, I think that I learned land nav the best at rasp i think they do a good job of teaching you i think what really gets you there though is the amount of times you get to do it so it is really really hard to learn land nav. Like you can understand the concepts you can learn some of the skills and things like that but it really is like a different animal once you're out on the course trying to find these points like remembering all these tips and tricks are going to are going to help you out a ton but until you get out there it's going to be hard for you to kind of put it all together so it's going to take you a time or two and then if you are watching these videos and you're learning from your, uh, you know, your drill sergeants and then your instructors and your RASP cadre, eventually there's going to come a time where you're out on this on the course and it's all just going to kind of click into place. Like everything you've learned, all the tips you've learned, all the skills are slowly just going to click. And then you're going to kind of under have like a much better understanding of of how to do all of these things, how to actually acquire the skills and then how to utilize them in practice in like real life situations. So I think it, they do a good job of teaching you, but I think they do a good job of giving you a lot of chances to get out on that lane and, and like do the actual work because you, there is um like either one or two times. I think you go once in the day, once at night, that's ungraded. So you do get like a, a practice run or two beforehand as well. Um, and those are, those, that counts more than any classroom time you'll get for Lanav by a lot. Yeah. You know that old slogan, be be all that you can be in the army. You know, it really is like that. Like it, it really comes down to also how much you're applying yourself. Um, because the training's there. Are you putting in the extra time to, you know, study this stuff? They're gonna give you some tools. Are you gonna put in the extra time to do that? Um, you know, whenever it comes to your other training, like you're gonna learn this stuff and uh basic training and uh and you know, maybe your AIT or um OSIT, they'll cover it again. But really, you know, uh, that's why I emphasize, and it's going to be tough whenever you're going through training, because at the end of the day, what you're going to want probably is, you know, a lot of times is I want food and sleep and, uh, and to kind of tune out when you can. But, you know, really retaining that stuff when it's being taught uh, goes a long way. So just taking that extra time to put stuff away, not just try to go through the motions, but to actually retain, Hey, what am I being taught right now? And try to hold on to it. And, and later, you know, that's going to go into applying those skills because you got to keep in mind all these things that they teach you, it's going to come into play later. So again, don't just try to go through the motions, try to actually put that, put that in the bank, right? Take that home and, uh, and use it. So. You're always so quiet after I answer. I, I, well, I have the, th I'm the only person that has the questions now. So usually oh, I can ready. hand them back and forth. So I got, I, well, I'm trying to sift through to make sure I get the land nav stuff. Um, it's like, did I do good? <laughs> so, uh, Connor, Connor Boyd says, will points always be near terrain features? Um, I mean, it's always going to be by terrain of some sort for the most part, but it does depend. Um, so, like I said, like in Georgia, it's pretty rough um, out in some spots because, especially depending on like when you go, like in the summer, it's pretty tough. I mean, it is 
overgrown it's dense it's pretty thick but there's also parts of coal range like when you get back um i want to say it's to the north i'm trying to remember the actual layout of the map i think it's up to the north it gets a little actually a bit uh bare and rockier it's a little bit kind of like rough terrain um but they're always going to be uh, terrain enough for you to associate to to give you a, a decent idea of kind of where the point is going to be but there are going to be times where it's just like all green and your point is just in the middle of all green so it's just going to be in the middle of the forest like there's there's only so much you can do but like in fort sill for example it there's it wasn't as much woods it was more mountain so yeah, fort sill was um because it's mount, mount weather i think it's called um so that one was pretty easy for you to identify like where it was on a slope with the contour lines um and stuff like that so it really just depends on the course um but most of the time you'll have enough to get yourself some checkpoints or um, an intersection for you to shoot into the woods or get you a backstop and things like that. There's almost always enough for you to, to help yourself out at least a little bit. But like yeah. sometimes they're in the middle of like, a, like the water. It just depends. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do remember the point that I was going to say way earlier, by the way. Uh, when I got into my story of the guy, oh, the we road. got around it. It only took yeah, we, ten minutes, we guys. Finally got there. Um, talking about the point of, you know, I said in the last stream, I was like, you know, don't give up on a point right away. You know, search the area and stuff like that. And you're always, you're like, also know when to give up on a. Point. Yeah, yeah. There's a <laughs> there, there's an over under there where you gotta like really decide. I think we gotta give this one up and then leave. But yeah, don't automatically. It's yeah. You'll and you'll get a feel for how quickly you're able to do things too, because that time limit is gonna really depend on your speed, like how quick you're moving. Um, because like you'll see some guys, like me. This is what I did. Was I would I would essentially like memorize where my intersection was like that I was going to use to go into the woods. And I would just, I would run there to give myself as much time, um, like a little bit of latitude on actually finding the point. So I would give myself a little bit of extra time because I knew I was there in the summer. It gets tough to find your way through some of those bushes and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, we talked about how sometimes, uh, I joked about how there's like, I, I swear they sent out like some saboteurs, right? to go find these points and like kick them over. Like sometimes there are points out there that are like, I've seen, I've seen one point like knocked over, uh, like in the water, right? Like it's in the middle of the water. It's knocked over like this. You can hardly see it. Like it's like all the way down. Um, I've seen a point that was knocked over in the bushes. Right. So like, uh, unless you're like looking in the bushes, you're not going to see this point, right. That were this thick grass. Um, so sometimes the points are a little jacked up out there. Uh, they're not always serving surveying all these points um so there are cases like that it's not don't be overly concerned with that because it's more of a of a rarity right it's not going to be like you know 10 percent of the points are like that there's probably like what onesies twosies yeah um, and then if you yeah. let them know too like they have like gators out there and stuff like they they can go fix it you know yep for the next iterations if you if you let them know which point it was because they'll just take a garment out there and yeah do uh, that for your buddies out there yeah, yeah. You something like that. don't yeah um don't just keep that secret but um <clears throat> but yeah it does it's not it, again don't be like, overly worried about that it's not like everywhere it but it does happen so it's like you said you know land app is a time thing so if you're 30 minutes and you're just you're still looking for this point you're like i have no idea know when to move on and try to get make up that time get get your other points that you can 
go get. Um, that's really going to be kind of on you in a, in a judgment call. Um, Nick says, uh, Dan and Jay, are you trained well in land nav before RASP? Uh, basic ad to airborne question mark. Um, I will say of all the training for a land nav, um, you, you do do land nav at basic. It's, it's not very good. Um, yeah, it's very, it, it's tough because I don't to... even remember doing a, a course in basic. Yeah. I think we just did classroom stuff. No, there is like, it's not really like a course, but it's like a training ground for it. So they do have like some, but it's, it's not really like, you're not just there. You're so new to the army and there's so many people there at basic that there's only so many drill sergeants. And it's very hard for them to teach you. You can't really get a lot of like in-depth instruction so they're really just trying to give you the basics for it so there is like a training ground that i remember we used where it, they had like points and pace counts and stuff but nothing was really hidden you were just kind of practicing the skills um like i said luckily for me and uh daniel we had ait land nav and our ait required a lot of map breeding and stuff so that helped us definitely going into rasp land nav but that's not going to be the case for everyone depending on what your mos is a lot of the mos is you're not going to do land f in uh in ait um so it really does depend on your on your mos but i wouldn't bank on it i would try to learn uh as much of the basics and the skills as you can going into rasp now uh beforehand because you're not going to get a lot of instruction uh, on your way there yeah yeah i'll put it to you like this the page that i got on my website if you apply yourself to that page it's going to be more training than you get and basic training yeah um to me the what happened in basic training was so insignificant all i remember is the classroom stuff we went over the terrain features uh colors on a map and that's all i remember doing i don't i don't okay. even remember going out to um it, me and james did basic training together by the way so i don't even remember going out to any sort of course whatsoever um which it, you like you said, it might have happened, but I keep in mind was, Daniel did forget what he was gonna say for like thirty minutes a second ago. So just you know, <laughs> grain of salt, you know. Take it with a grain of salt, right? Um, yeah, yeah. I also, yeah, I have uh, early onset uh, memory loss, but um, yeah, yeah. I, I would definitely say, you know, use use the tools that we provided on our land nav section. You'll feel more confident. Um, and that'll help alleviate some of that anxiety because you'll at least have an idea whenever you go into RASP. But they did a good they did a good job in RASP. Um, I, I thought they did a good job going over that stuff, especially if you're paying attention. There's some really good stuff, and they're what what um, selection it was really good at is giving you tricks, right? It's not just by the book training manual stuff. They give you tricks. Um, they do that with a lot of stuff with shooting, with uh, you know just mental um, stuff with uh with land nav i mean they they'll give you the fun facts like hey here's practical application stuff like do this this will make this easier so they do do that um uh dimitri says what do you do in rasp when you complete land nav do you mean like after coal range or do you mean like that day when you come back from land nav um i'll wait and see if you elaborate but he also asked um, smoke show <laughs> are you allowed to use roads uh, i thought you can't be caught within 50 meters of a road so you, you okay so you cannot walk you're not supposed to walk on the roads uh, but you can handrail the roads and you can go from the intersection of those fire breaks and and 
you know, dead reckon to your point from there. And you can cross the roads. Uh, obviously, you can't. They couldn't not allow you on the roads at all. They're everywhere. You have to be able to cross them. So you can shoot from uh, an intersection without any issues. You just can't get caught, like, literally like, walking on the roads and stuff. Um, but it's easy enough to handrail them um, and keep them on your side. And you can also handrail, and then if you are think you're getting off course or whatever, just walk up to the road, reassess where you are, and then just go back to handrailing from, from the woods. So, yeah, don't just run on the roads, but... They are very, very helpful to um, keep you on track and give you a good idea of where you are location-wise. Yeah, yeah, and it depends on the relevance of uh, of the course and the rules. You know, some courses you can use the roads, but yeah, when it comes to that kind of stuff, you know, um, just use common sense. Like, if it's in sight, you you like you said, you can handrail it, and and uh, you know, if you need to, you can go back reassess where you are because, like you said, you know, those road systems on some of those courses are everywhere. So you got to cross. And, um, and so, you know, if you're walking up to the road, you know, unless somebody's walking behind you the whole time, you know, maybe you need to cross there. So just use common sense whenever you're out there. Um, Oh, call sign Joko. What's going on? Um, He said, I completely forgot what a backstop was. That's not good. Call sign Joko is about to start rasp. So make sure you do not forget that going forward. Um, And he says, is it even possible to do any type of resections at the course? Um, Ideally, you shouldn't have to do resections, but uh, try to avoid that. (laughs) Yeah, there are Um, there are some identifiable features that would maybe allow you to do a resection. but it would to be me, tough. It's it's pretty grown, like overgrown down there. So it, it would be pretty tough. It's the woods. Yeah. It, yeah. For you to even um, do a resection, you would almost have to know where you are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, because you're like identifying where something is. You probably, that's probably, you know, well within line of sight from flat ground, you know, flat, flattish ground. Um, so, yeah. You know, I would say, resection you're not i don't really see a whole lot of relevance for resection when it comes to land nav um but yeah it would also be tough to pull <laughs> see i'm telling you out in georgia it's rough out there <laughs> it's, just, <yeah. laughs> it's, it's rough it's like, it's like the swamps yeah um that's a good question though uh yeah that's all the i think that's all the land nav questions we have here yeah, and when it came, when I was going through the TM, um, I saw that you know the intersection, resection, modified um, resection stuff, and I was like, I'm not going to put that in here because um, I want to give you guys what to focus on. You know, if y'all want to go look at that stuff, go reference the training manual. I believe it's three dash twenty five dot twenty six. So the Army Land Nav manual, it's free online. I, I actually pulled it up for free. Um, you can go read into all that other stuff and what that is if you're not familiar with it, but what I put on the land nav page is stuff like, Hey, this is relevant for land nav. So we cut all the, uh, what I'd call the fat out, um, to give you guys the basics of what you should focus on. Um, Colson Jokers says, are you guys going to do this next week? Uh, I don't know if it'll, it will probably won't be as land nav focused next week, but we do, we'll do our live next week. Um, yeah. If it comes to like, if those questions come up, of course we'll hit them. But, um, yeah, the goal for this was we're going to tie this mm. into the land nav page, but to hit, you know, the big land nav section here. Yeah. Uh, Connor Boyd says, is most land nav at night or is it mixed? So at cold range, you do both. So you'll do day iterations and night iterations. Um, 
And then I think the last iteration, if you have to do the last iteration, it's uh, night and a day. You pretty much start like in the middle of the night slash morning and go into the daylight. Yeah. Ideally, if you're watching us and doing enough training, you shouldn't have to do the last iteration. You should have enough points as long as they still let people sit out. That's the goal, yeah. Um, but you have to get because I I remember it's like there's like a couple weird stipulations. So you have to like get a certain number of points in the day and the nighttime, and it sort of carries over through all of them. So if you like max out all your points for each of the four iterations, you don't have to do the last one. It was either max all of them out or max all of them and then get. Like almost all of them on one as well, but there was like a weird there. It was a weird rule because I remember I didn't have to do the last day, um, or the last iteration. But I, I can't. I, do you remember what the minimum is? I couldn't remember if the minimum like to pass was four. Was it four out of five? Yeah, I want to say it was four out of five. Um, or was it three out of five? I can't remember. I, I was gonna say I. I think I, I want to say there was like two different criteria. Like there was like two phases. Like on one of the phases is three out of five, and then it became four out of five. Yeah, because and there was also right. like an overall too, like an overall score. Yeah, yeah. Random recruiter yeah. says four out of five, which is what I thought it was too. Okay, <clears throat> okay. It's it's been so long, and I that I didn't do cold range again when I did my second iteration, so it's been a while for both of us. Um, yeah, you got you went back into phase two, right? Well, no. they sorta. I pretty much just went after cool range, but they didn't have the phase one and phase two the same way. Uh, my second time through after my, uh, my sickness. Yeah. Um, uh, Callsign Joker says, did you guys do land nav iterations at pre coal or was that something else? So we did, um, I want to say you do one night and one day, uh, at cool range before the actual graded portions. And I think either one of those or both of those is with a buddy. Um, so, I said this last time too. So whenever you get put in buddy land nav and people are going to be like, okay, so I'll do this part. I'll do this part. I'll do this part. No, that's stupid. Don't do that. Everyone needs to do everything. Yeah. Okay. Because number one, that way you can check each other and be like, oh, I got this and you got that. So one of us is messed up or both of you guys are messed up and they're both, both wrong. But ideally if you both do all the work, you can check, make sure. And then you also get all of that practice. So both do all the work, swap, and then you can check. So you're just like getting a bunch of practice. You're trying to learn how to actually do those things with someone to check you. Like I said, eliminating mistakes is very important. So if you have a buddy there, do your work and have them check it and vice versa. And that way you are eliminating mistakes. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that's the perfect time to practice. Yeah, like I said, there's plenty of um, – of, uh, it goes back to what I was saying earlier, like how are you applying yourself. There's plenty of practice beforehand. Um, if you, if you apply yourself to it. So again, you guys here, you got the references now on the website and then you go out there and you apply yourself. Like you said, um, don't just try to go through the motions, right? He'll handle this. And I'll do this. Um, really try to learn it whenever you're in practice mode. Um, sorry, Emma Stokels is trying to get me in trouble. Um, so <laughs> yeah, make sure when you get put in those land nav iterations too, don't just be like, oh, I'm not good at land nav. I don't feel like I'm good. I'll just, I'll just, they'll probably know what they're doing. Like, Rasp is not the time for you to gray man it. We've said this a couple of times. So, like, land nav, yep. when your buddy iterations, whatever, in the classroom, if you have questions, ask questions, do the work, do not gray man it, do not try, because you have to pass. 
Land nav on your own by yourself in the middle of the woods. So apply yourself when you can. Um, even if you're going to feel uncomfortable doing stuff, especially if you go in range regiment through rasp into regiment, you're going to feel uncomfortable doing stuff. Get used to being uncomfortable doing stuff. The first step to being good at something is to be real bad at it. Yep. Um, yeah. And, in and in my experience there and in a range regiment as a whole, when it comes to the learning phase, asking questions is usually looked on as, okay, he's trying to learn. And it's usually, um, usually a, a positive thing that you're trying to apply yourself. Now, if the only time it's not positive is, Hey, I just taught this. And then you ask like a silly question over something that was just said. Um, maybe that's when it starts to get you in trouble. But whenever you're asking, you know, good questions, like, don't be afraid to ask questions. I guess is what I'm saying. Um, apply yourself, try to learn. And like you said, don't, don't gray man. That's not a place to gray man because um, let's say you do, you know, slip by um, you're able to gray man to an extent. It's going to be hard there, but then you get to your unit and you're definitely not going to be able to gray man there. Um, that's your unit's a place where they put you on the spot and they expect you to know stuff. And, uh, and you're going to wish you applied yourself, you know, when it comes to that. Yeah, and if Rasp was still running in in a general direction that it was going in um, after Daniel had graduated and I went through my other class, they actually had us broken down in a squad so that one cadre pretty much was watching over 12 of us. So, like, it's it's pretty hard to gray man it in pretty Rasp. Hard. Like, there's um, you pretty much have a cadre around you a lot. So, um, but just, yeah, take the opportunity to do those things when you can do it and mess it up when you can mess it up. So, you want to mess up before it's graded well you ideally don't want to mess up at all but you want to use those that time and like make those mistakes before it's going to be a critical event when you have the option to do that yep yep um, definitely agree uh connor boyd says this is sort of a line question does uh rasp 2 do similar stuff or is it mostly leadership oriented it's uh rasp 2 is mostly leadership oriented if you're going to rasp 2 uh, you should already be able to line up and stuff like that so it's not as um like they do have critical events and stuff like that, but it is mostly leadership, uh, peer reviews and stuff like that through Rasp too. Yep. Um, by the way, we're getting close to our hour mark, so let's that. hit one one more good one. I don't and, think we uh, have any more land nav questions. I think we got did them we, all. Did we hit all the land nav? Did we all have any land. other notes that we didn't hit? I don't think so. I don't know. It was pretty good. It's been, um, it's been what? Um, it's been an hour. I can't. It's hard to remember if we missed any like from the beginning. I remember <clears> one that I was going to double down on when you were talking about it. You talked about running pace counts. Um, so you need to have two pace counts, right? So your pace count will be established moving across a uh, hundred meter distance. You should do a walking pace count and a running pace count. And we talked about the importance of doing that the same way that you're going to run or walk in the field because like some guys do the robot thing whenever they go out there to walk they like start walking weird and like these weird movements um walk and run how you're going to run in the field uh because that's going to keep your pace count accurate um and then also i talked about the difference between running and walking pace counts you know uh, walking pace counts are typically more careful right you're able to follow an azimuth better but i did running pace counts all the time whenever i was moving to points um like like we were saying, whenever you comes to shooting an azimuth, picking an object, it's pretty safe bet to run towards it, in yeah. my opinion. Um, so that really cuts down <clears throat> your movement time, and that's going to help you get through the course uh, better. So I, I spent a lot of time running 
on the land app courses. <laughs> Emma Stokels is still trying to give me trouble. Um, so <laughs> yeah, also uh, nighttime pace count is good too. Yeah. Uh, so if you can get to that little pace counter and do it in the dark uh, when you can't see it, you, it'll help you because you'll be a little bit off uh, in the dark compared to during the day. Uh, EM yeah. says, do you have any experience tips for using a plotting board? I don't. No. Um, I know the mortars use those all the time. Um, I wish I would have had that. I could have asked uh, Travis that question. Um, oh, yeah, that would have been good. But, yeah, I don't have any experience with it. <clears throat> Yeah, uh, me, no, me neither. And then Emma Stokels says, what is the best way to cheat in Lana? <laughs> <laughs> I told you, he's been trying to get me in trouble all day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, if you cheat at Lana, you're just cheating yourself, okay? Just remember that. <laughs> all right. <laughs> we were joking about the, the white light on the last stream, and they were like, you know, because you're not you're supposed to use a red light the entire time. Well, like, you're really you ever only used supposed a to use a, re- a red light and only to look at your map. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we, yeah. It uh, goes back to you know what I said the first stream. It's only illegal if you get caught. Um, I didn't tell you that, by the way. <laughs> so, and that's uh, also not true uh, for any kind of legality at all. So just you know keep that in mind as well. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Don't hold that to me. Um, <laughs> So anything else before we end tonight? Uh, no, I think I got it. And I, like I said, guys, uh, for questions, I know some of the questions in here weren't LandNav related. This is going to be our last, like, dialed in for LandNav. I do screenshot them, so I do have a folder. So if we run out of questions, slow night or whatever, I will hit those. So, um, you know, I, I don't want you guys to think that we just, like, ignore those questions. I do read all of them and stuff like that. So I will have yeah. – I got those on the folder. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, it- this is really good, and and when it goes back to that land app page, that, that it's going to be something that we probably expand on as we think of more things. If we got tips, we can go in and add stuff. Um, so, you know, be sure to reference that page, and you can go back and reference it at a later time, and it'll get updated. Um, but uh, it's a really good. The course is complete. We're just going to keep expanding on it as we think of things and and kind of refine it. So, um, I thought this was a really good segment. This will also get tied into that to that page as well. So. Um, anything else James um, yeah we have some, a couple of new merch items in the store if you, on YouTube obviously you know don't forget to like subscribe uh, and then I will also probably have this up uh, Monday to Spotify as well um, so for anybody who wants to listen to it there um, yeah, yep. that's all I got I appreciate you guys hanging out with us on a Saturday though yeah yeah appreciate you guys tuning in uh, this is great we always have uh, fun with these so um, see you on the next one like I said next week We'll be uh we'll be live again. So hope to see you guys there. Um, thanks for tuning in. Be sure to check out trainlikearanger.com where we have workout programs, nutrition programs, merchant apparel, uh, merchant apparel, informational content, and as always, uh, much more on the agenda. So thank you guys for tuning in and remember to train to your utmost potential like a ranger. Have a good weekend, guys. See you guys.